get ready to strap on your boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. Today's guest is Katrina Roddy. She's an entrepreneur, a coach, and a best-selling author. And thanks for coming to the show, Katrina. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. And one of the things I always ask people when they come onto my show, because I'm always curious, is entrepreneurship isn't really something you can learn per se. It's usually built into your DNA in some way, shape, or form. When did you realize that you had entrepreneurship in your DNA? What was that day like? Um, that was working in corporate. Um, and it's actually when, when they give you enough, what you want to say is enough rope to kind of do what you want to do, then you become very creative. Well, at least I did. I became very creative in my approach to different things. And that was just an indication to me that, you know, I had an entrepreneur spirit. So I like to say, so they, you know, gave, they gave you a lot of leeway at work where they, 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 they kind of let you go off on your own. And you were like, well, yeah. I'm doing things on my own so I can kind of say I'm an entrepreneur, basically. Yeah. And you know what? And it didn't happen until the last job I was at. Um, and my boss literally said, all right, here's your bottom line. You guys are real estate agents. Make it happen. But we weren't real estate agents. We, he just used that, you know, use that analogy that I'm going to, you know, give you enough leeway to do what you can do. That's a really nice way to enter the world of entrepreneurship from the corporate world. And, um, you know, being that your company is called the corporate breakup, is that kind of why you veered off that path of the corporate world into, into entrepreneurship? Because you kind of were kind of preempted by your boss to do that? No, Jason, I got kicked out. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's, that was the case. It was a that breakup. Was Oh, <laughs> it was a breakup. Does, does your ex uh, does your ex company still text you at two a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the funny thing that did happen is you know once I started posting the new stuff that I do, some of my old partnerships or clients came back and said, "Hey, are you going to re-enter into the the world?" I'm like, "No, no, I just wrote a book on how not to." Oh my god! So <laughs> so the corporate world you you broke up or they broke up with you or it was mutual breakup, but they wanted you back. It's like the ex. <laughs> that wanted you back <laughs> well then i want to you ask know, you typical breakup a typical breakup did you eat ice cream when you got home and you know were you crying over a romantic comedy movie or was it more like yes i can go venture out on my own now <laughs> well that is the reason for the corporate breakup so if the corporate breakup you related to a regular relationship breakup all the things you just said have ice cream you know romantic breakup your friends come over they have wine or tequila whichever one they bring margaritas and they really support you through that when you have a corporate breakup they're like that man she needs to find a job i don't know what's going on so it's a little different but you need to heal the same way because you're going through the same emotions so that's why i created the corporate breakup to help people heal and and when was the moment when you created that right that you realized that you could monetize it that like oh i can actually earn an income from this when I know I went through it and then I started hearing all of these other people, especially during the pandemic, they started going through the same thing. And I'm like, you know, I can actually help people through this because I've gone through it myself. Take it from someone who's been through it. I did the crying. Jason, I cried for a full year. Whoa. A whole year. Well, that's a lot of tissues. That's a lot, that's a they, lot of they, tissues. They, thank a God lot they were time. going after toilet paper and not tissues or else you would have been SOL. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was a good time, though, to, to kind of go through that because it seems like a lot of people were hurting. A lot of people were laid off. A lot of people were working from home and realizing they wanted a different job. So 
it kind of it was kind of good timing for you, I think, maybe because you were able to find out that you weren't the only one dealing with it, and now the secret was out there that people are also facing the same issue, right? Yeah, you know what's interesting too. I did I read a study with the APA, which is the American Psychology Association, and it talks about how the people who are still left in the corporate go through the same type of anxiety as the people who are leaving. Because if you can imagine, now this person's going to get your work. Yep. They don't know when they're going to be let go. They saw that you let, you got let go for no reason. So they're anxious about when is it my time? It's like, well, so it's next a shelf, lot right? of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of stuff that goes on when you break up or you're afraid breaking up and you don't know. Now, because if you make a mistake, you're out or, you know, you're yeah. afraid that if you leave work on time instead of staying later, they're going to, you know, well, he's not Absolutely. really trying to put those extra hours in. So we're going to get him out. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I, I left the corporate world in 2005 never looked back after I got laid off. So I totally understand that, you know, and I love the fact that you found the pain point that you personally went through, noticed other people going through it and say, you know what, there's got to be a way to help people through that process. But there had to be a challenge or two along the way. You said you were crying for a year. So what kind of challenges or challenge did you face when you started the corporate breakup where you realized, man, this is harder than I thought? Um, Too much time. So think about this. If you're in corporate, you're being told what time to come in, what time to leave, what kind of clients to have, when to do the next thing. When you are let go, at first it feels like, you know, you're on vacation, right? And then you're like, oh, I got all this time. I can do whatever. And then you stop and say, I got all this time. What do I do? And so because you've been told what to do the entire time, when you become an entrepreneur, you're kind of waiting on someone to tell you the next step. And there is no one to tell you that. Like you better jump on the boat while it's moving, because if not, you're going to, you're going to fall in. That's one of the hardest. I mean, you, you really hit the nail on the head on that one. Cause that's one of the things in, in my podcast, my course, my book that I really touch on a lot. If you've noticed, I think you said you, you heard an episode or two is yeah. how to prioritize tasks, how to keep yourself motivated, yeah. you know, how to set goals for yourself, micro and macro. And, yeah. and, and just take it step by step, day by day. You're not going to get it done overnight, you know, so you got to be patient. Being yeah. an entrepreneur is difficult and, and we all make mistakes, right? And there had to have been a mistake that you made, whether it was before the corporate world, after the corporate world, when you were younger. And if you had a time machine and you can go back, right? And, and you know, yeah. it's Doc Brown with a DeLorean. And he says, I'm going to take you back to the future. <laughs> So where would you go and what mistake would you fix and how would you fix it? So I would go back to, um, well, you know, I just, I feel like things happen for a reason. Let's start there. And because of my curiosity, it's what kept me moving along through the, through my career. Right. So I started at a very young age and then I moved through the corporate world, but the mistake I think, or what, if I can go back, this is after coming out of corporate, like you don't really understand a lot of those things. And the taxes is what got me. I'm like, how do I figure this part out? Like, how do I figure out the tax part of it? How do I do my taxes? So, you know, you can bring in professionals to help you, but you still want to know how to do those things. And that's one of the things that I just kind of honed in on it because I'm still learning. What do I have to do? How much do I have to estimate? How much, like all of this stuff, because you, you hear about these people who get into tax trouble and you don't want to be that one. And you could easily see, how it happens. Yeah. So, so that's so, so one thing. So you're thinking that maybe if you could go back, you would, you know, really understand the tax law more than you, than you did. Yes. 
and that you yeah. think other people should do the same thing. I mean, it's important. I mean, but that's why, at least in my opinion, that's why there's accountants. That's why there's like H&R yeah. Block. That's why there's TurboTax, you know, and, and I, I feel like sometimes it's worth it to focus on the things that you're interested in yeah. and, and kind of delegate the things that you don't want to do or are not good at to the professionals and or software, which leads me to mentors, right? Like I had a mentor once. Yep in 2007 or so, who, who told me something very important. He said, Jason, you're doing too many things by yourself. You're not going to be able to scale your business. You're not going to be able to grow your business. You need to delegate tasks to others. At first, I was stubborn, right? Yeah. I'm sure you were too. You want to do everything yourself. But I listened to him eventually, and he was so right. I was able to delegate tasks to other people, start outsourcing work, and grow my business. Did you have a mentor at one point that gave you a crucial piece of advice like that, that totally was like a paradigm shift for you and changed the game for you. Yes, I did. And it, part of it became, so when you come out of corporate, you don't know that you need all of these people, right? You think you can just run into it and you even said it yourself. You could think you can do it yourself. And then it takes a couple of people to say, Hey, you need this. So get this. I started thinking about, you know, what can I do? What's my next, my next moves? I know what skills I want to use. And I started just helping people. Like I'd go to these seminars with um, realtors and they would say, you know, we need to learn how to budget. We need to learn how to do these things. And I was just helping them freely. And someone pulled me to the side and said, you give out too much free information. You do know this is your job, right? And so I took all of that and that's what kind of helped me, you know, create the book. But when I started working on the book, my mentor um, just out of luck, my publisher is best friends with Marianne Williamson. Are you familiar with Marianne? I am not. So Marianne is famous author. Um, she is spiritual leader at one point, spiritual leader to Oprah and many others. Uh, ran for president in 2016. So she was a, a good figure for me to help me wrap my mind around the concept of you are actually helping people through this book that you did. Wow. You have to focus on that piece of it because all the other stuff becomes noise. And so because of that, I focus, like my focus is laser at this point because I know where I'm good at. Right. You know, I like to tell people that when you do have skills, you're not good at everything. Exactly. So why don't you give it to the people who are good at those things? Because that's where, that's where it makes a difference. It's the strengths you, versus weaknesses, said. right? It it's is. Balancing act. To, don't be afraid to um, acknowledge your weaknesses. My weakness has always been admin. Right. I'm like, I am going to fall on my face every time. <laughs> with that. You, you hand it so off. Now I have someone to help me. Exactly. You hand it off. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid to do that because they feel like it's their baby and they yeah. feel like they need to have their hands in all of it. But that's how you, that's not how you succeed. No. Right. You need to surround yourself with people, like you said, who are experts at what they do. Yes. Let you be an expert at what you do. Yeah. And together you can conquer the world, right? So, I mean, that, that's and just how it works. And I was going to say one more thing. So when we talk about mentors, and this is what I help people to do when I, when I coach with them, because they're coming from corporate, I like to relate everything back to corporate. So I actually tell them that they should probably have about five mentors and they all do something different, right? In their lives. They could be doing this already. But for me, it's helping them create that board of directors, a personal board of directors, that will help you get through some of these challenges because you're going to have them as a new entrepreneur. All right. So I, I always uh, offer that to people as well. I suggest they should do a, it's called an advisory board. 
Yes. Where, where they yeah. have advisors because a board of directors is more structured where they have equity in your company and they have voting rights on your business. So they're very, they're structured very differently. So that's a good point to bring up, but just make sure that everyone understands who's listening. Uh, uh, what Katrina is saying is that you should have a set of advisors, each with a different skill set. Let's say you are in the business, uh, you have a brick and mortar business that you just started, right? You have a clothing store. You should find someone who's really good at fashion, someone who's really good at distribution, someone who's good at merchandising, someone who's good at retail, and maybe somebody who's good at um, sourcing material from other countries, an import-export person. And by having one of these different people for each of these different industries, you'll always have the answers you need, you'll always have the connections you need, and you'll, and you'll be a lot less to make mistakes because before you purchase, like, say, a large order of fabric, you're going to go to your advisors and you're going to ask them, is this the right thing? No, no, no. I can get it for you 50% off from this distributor. Exactly. So, so you need to have advisors. Absolutely. That was a great point. Uh, and I want to go back to what you said before. Okay. And this is because a lot of people have been through this in 2020. You said you cried for a year. Yes. And I personally know a lot of people who suffered during the pandemic because they didn't know what to do, which is what you said. Yeah. So there must have been a low point for you where you wanted to throw in the towel. You were like, you know what? This isn't for me. I can't do this entrepreneurship thing because I don't know what to do. No one's telling me what to do. What was that moment like and how did you get through it? So I start, I cried and I actually had a position that I was working as an independent contractor and it did not feel good at all. Like it, I felt out of place. I felt unworthy. I felt like all of these emotions that I didn't have before. And a lot of it was just painful for me. So the way that I got over it is first I acknowledged it and I had to sit in it for a minute to understand what that felt like. And once you understand what that feels like, and I use this with my coaching now, I tell people they have to make moves and moves is an acronym. The first thing in moves is a mindset reset. I had to change my mind through meditation. I had to eat properly. I had to exercise. It was at one point boxing. There were yoga breathing, all of these things that brings it back to you and you understand who you are. And then all of a sudden the ideas start to flow. You know, on my five to six mile walk, I can have ideas that were flowing. You know, when I eat healthy and I get enough water and I sleep properly, then all of a sudden you can clear your mind of all of the negative that's trying to come in and you feel good about yourself. These are little things that make you feel good about yourself, which then gives you ideas. That's how I got through it. But it wasn't until I sat in it, I understood what that felt like, where it was coming from. And then all of a sudden I said, I got to let this go. I have to move forward. Does that make sense? Not only does it make sense, I can't really add much to that because of the fact that I do the exact same thing. Wow. Every single morning I wake up and do yoga. I exercise. I drink water. I eat super healthy, plant-based mostly. I meditate every afternoon. I take walks with my dog or in the park. Nature, <laughs> nature brings the ideas flowing to my head. I do the exact same thing. And I think it's a really good point. Most people they get lazy, they get complacent, right? They get used to their routine and they don't want to introduce these things that we just talked about. They don't want to introduce it to their, to their daily schedule. And I keep telling them, you're going to be stuck wherever you're stuck. You're going to be stuck. You're not going to get out of it. Now, here's the funny thing. And I want to see, I want to see what you think about this. Okay. Cause I, I just realized this the other day, right? I'm like, okay, 
the pandemic was horrible for so many people. Okay, we, 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 can agree, we can agree to that. But it didn't seem to be too horrible for us because we were able to push through with these different daily routine activities that we were, were implementing to stay positive and yeah. to be creative. And you get to a point where like, wait a minute, this is working. I'm happy. I'm energetic. I'm positive. So what's next once you get to that point? Is it just keep pushing forward, pushing it along to other people? If they don't want to listen, how do, you, how do you convince somebody? That's my question. How do you convince somebody that they should be implementing these tactics to better themselves? It's, a, it's contagious, Jason. So when they start to see you, and I was almost, I'm still, I still am embarrassed to tell people that uh, 2020 was okay for me. <laughs> I mean, you you feel guilty, right? You feel guilty. Yeah, I feel guilty. There was terrible things that happened and I'm not even trying to discount any of that, but it was, it was pretty good for me. You know, I didn't get the pandemic weight. I didn't get like all of these things. Um, but I believe it's contagious when people saw that I was happy and I hear some things that I did. I use the word pivot at all time. I'm like, you should, at this point, you need to stop and think about what you really want to do. And let's talk about that. What do you want to do? Lay, like, lay, out, lay out your goals and things like lay that. Lay out your goals and let's move for the, you have the perfect time right now to work on those things, to make mistakes, to do all of that, because guess what? Everybody else is doing the same thing. And you know, you I, I tried to tell people the same thing you said, but yeah. they just didn't want to listen. Right. And it's very yeah. frustrating. It's mindset. It is, but, but uh, you know how people are. They're just so set in their ways, right? And, yeah. and they feel as though you know, they're depressed. Things are not great out there. Their life isn't where they want it to be. And they're scared. Fear is number one. Fear yeah. is number one. And that's a, that's a great point that I always ask people as well is fear makes it very difficult for people to leave their job and start yeah. a business, mainly because of the financial piece. Like, how am I going to get paid? Where am I going to get a paycheck from? So what's your advice to someone who does have a job, isn't happy in their job, has a business idea or some creative pastime or hobby that they can monetize. How do they transition between those two things without losing, you know, their mortgage money or their food money or whatnot? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you ask because that was me. Like, I'm like, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Like you're so used to a certain amount of money and um, you know, I was a high profile person in my, when I worked in corporate insurance. So I did have a good amount of money and you start to think about, I did this, I saved this for this. I did. And it, it really is. Once I wrapped my mind around the fact that I am starting a business, that's one thing. So I know I'm going to have to invest. Not only am I starting a business, but I have to invest in myself. So what is that going to take? So I came, to, I came to the conclusion that those are the things I'm going to have to do if I'm going to run a business. So that already took a chunk right. of money away from my mind, right? And then after that, I started thinking about, I can make more money doing these things and I'm happier. I don't even know if I'm going to make that much more money doing these things. But the exchange of being happy versus the telling trade-off. someone to tell you what to do. The trade-off was unbelievable. I try telling people that too, by the way, I say for me, for me personally, I say it's freedom, right? Yeah. You're, you're taking a pay cut to have your freedom. And yeah. that trade-off is so important because you realize, well, wait a minute, I might not be making as much money as I was in corporate, but I have all the time in the world to, you know, 
follow my dreams, follow my yes. passions. And that's and I'm working on it for me. Yeah. Not for anybody else. I'm working on it for me. So if I fail, it's because of me, not because the company let me go. Exactly. And and it's not that you failed as much as you learned lessons. It was there yeah. was there a lesson that you learned when you were starting your business that if if you could say, well, that was the biggest lesson I want to teach the next person to, 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 you know, to avoid that mistake I made. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I thought my natural progression to become an entrepreneur was to work as an independent contractor, but it wasn't because I had such this burning desire to be on my own. And then I started working as an independent contractor and I'm like, this still doesn't work for me. Cause I still have people telling me what to do, when yep. to do it. But they say you're running your own business. <laughs> right. And so that's the, that's the whole year that I cried because I'm like, I know I'm working, I'm doing this thing, but I'm still doing it under the control of somebody else. However, the pay part is mine. Right. It doesn't right. match. And I think I had come to a point in my career. I spent 31 years wow. or it's probably more in corporate. And so now I still got somebody telling me when I think I'm on my own. Right. And so that was the one thing I say to you, if you're going to be a full-blown entrepreneur, just do it because you're going to be so uncomfortable in a space where someone's still telling you what to do as a contract worker. And, but someone work, some people work well in that environment. I was just so ready to be on my own that I didn't. So you're saying just do it, just jump in. So I want just you to give, in. I want you to give entrepreneurs listening some words of advice, inspiration, Okay. Some kind of like thoughtful sayings of you know, why they should be an entrepreneur, how they should be an entrepreneur, how they can succeed. Okay. So what I did is I work on um, consistency because I knew that consistency was going to be the issue for me. So I work on consistency and the phrase that I use to inspire me every single day is if you're persistent, you'll get it. And if you're consistent, you'll keep it. So I, I like just that. keep saying that over and over, like go after it and get it. And then once you get it, figure out how to be consistent in it and keep it because I, that's, what's going to keep you and move you to the next level. Just being consistent. I like that. Cause you're basically saying don't give up because it's, up. If, if you do give up, you're not going to know what would have happened if you would have just kept going. And right. the, the truth, the truth is, and, and I've been through this in my 20 plus year career as an entrepreneur, I've been through it where I got to the end it might not have worked out, but I learned so much that I brought with that I brought with me to the next one. That now, if it was like a fast forward, I just got through it a lot quicker, and I succeeded that time because I, yeah. you know, and that's and that's how they should have to take it as well. From your point, consistency, persistent, being persistent, get to the goal, get to the end to see yeah. if it worked out or not. If it didn't, just move on to the next one. You know, just move and on to the next one. Move yeah. on to the next one. It's like, not, they're not all going to work out, right? And don't be so fearful. I mean, I think. It's hard for me to tell people don't be so fearful because I don't know what's, what's fueling their fear. But what I will tell them is I like to use the what if theory. I hear a lot of people who come to me and they say, well, what if I don't have enough fans? What if I don't have friends and family that support me? What if I don't make enough money? What if I blah, 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 all of this, right? And I always say things have to balance out. So what if goes both ways? What if you do succeed? How about focus on that? What if you do have enough friends and family? What if you do have enough fans? What if you do make your money? You don't know if you stay on the negative side of what yep. if. So let's get over that bridge positive. and talk about both sides. Such a positive way to end the episode. I love it. I, I want to hear uh, how people can get your book, what it's called, uh, what it's about, and, and a little bit more about like where they can find you online. Okay. 
So my book is called Steal Your Skills from Corporate. And I mean that. <laughs> Take all that knowledge you've learned and put it into a career that you are really honed into and that's positive for you. So that's my book. Um, my company's called The Corporate Breakup. So you can find me on all social media outlets, including Clubhouse, on at kroddy65. So that's K-R-O-D-D-Y-6-5. And that's on all of my handles. And then my company is called The Corporate Breakup, which is my website, thecorporatebreakup.com. And you can get all the information you want on there. Perfect. Everyone listening, hopefully you learned a lot from Katrina. Katrina, thanks for coming to the show. It was a blast to have you. you. I'm sure people learned. Oh my God, this was great. I'm sure people learned a lot. And we will see everybody in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. If you learned something in today's episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, on Amazon. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. Also, you can support this podcast by leaving me a positive review and also by visiting patreon.com slash strap on your boots to become a member and get bonus material. See you in next week's episode.